0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Uh, This is John Sarnay here for the Expansive Podcast. I have my (laughs) ever-handsome podcast partner there in uh, Johannesburg, (laughs) uh, and we've been chatting about getting ready for this podcast episode and dealing with a concept that we believe is an incredibly complex but important and essential process to be moving forward. And we're going to be calling this modern team building. But before we get into the topic itself, Eric, how are you doing there, man?
1: Dude. uh, So ever handsome, that's the one you decided to go with.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know you called me luscious in the previous one, so I didn't, I didn't have enough time to come up with a better one, but it's true, you are handsome, so, you know, even though you got a voice for podcasts, you have a face for posters as well, so we're all good.
1: Listen, What's I'm up? doing really well, uh, always such a pleasure to hang out with you and with our listeners, and I'm really excited for this episode. How's things going on your side?
0: You are good. I am in the process of planning my December holiday with my very good friends. We are on our way to Morocco to climb the Atlas mountain. And to spend some time in the desert and get some uh, sort of clarity of thought before 2020 arrives, and so we deepen the process of um, planning our Morocco holiday, which we're extremely uh, sort of excited about. But you have a uh, nice new chapter starting in December. Tell us about
1: that. Yeah, we're moving house. Uh, we we bought a house actually, mm. so now we're moving into mm. the house. And uh, yes. Yeah, looking forward to it. I, I was just saying, you telling you that um, I'm not feeling very expansive in my study at the moment because I'm just boxed in, <laughs> literally. Uh, so, yeah. but yeah, all good, all good. I'm I'm really excited for 2020. I just can't get around uh, the year that it just feels like magic is in the air and there's just so much potential mm. and possibility. Mm. So,
0: yeah, I
1: think December is going to be exciting
0: to be starting a decade
1: on this. Sure. Look,
0: you're starting in a brand new home with a brand new base. I'm starting in Dubai. We're really at, uh, you know, our careers are going well. We're feeling healthy and, you know, in love with life. So I hope all the listeners are also preparing themselves in the best way possible for this trajectory that 2020 will give. But let's dive deep into the topic of today. and. I am in South Africa right now. I flew in from Dubai last night to work with Investec this morning on this sort of concept of teams and preparation for the future, which is always your and my topic of highest fascination. We're coming at it from different ways. But, you know, for me, the design and deploy of teams is really important in order to thrive in the future without the right people around the table to help you make the decisions that are critical in in sort of deciding the strategy you follow. You really are dead in the water. So for me, the designing of the team is where I come in, and uh, we've spoken about it before, and again this morning we workshopped it quite a lot, this concept of creating a fluid team whereby people are not schizophrenic trying to do three things at once, but actually designing teams that focus in on the today the tomorrow and the day after. Now, if you want to know more about those uh, podcasts, uh, you can go back to the podcast that we made about that. Eric, what's it called? I think it was called I can't the, remember. the remember? three
1: teams that every organisation needs. I think I oh, think it was called that. That's, yeah. it, that's it.
0: Yes, yes. Okay, cool. Um, but I think I want to dive deeper into the actual design of the team. And I know, Eric, uh, you've written a great article on this topic uh, recently. And uh, you obviously, it's very hot, uh, uh, top of mind for you. And uh, it's a hot topic for you. Uh, dive into it. Um, I'm really interested to hear what you have to say about
1: it. Yeah, so Teams is definitely an extreme focus of mine for 2020. And one of the things that, that comes with Teams is team building right like it's a, like you can't you can't talk about teams i talk about team building it's one of those things that every organization has at some point but when i say team building like what is the first cliche thing that comes to mind for you Kumbaya, <laughs> Kumbaya. <laughs> okay so you had a, you had a different one to what i had <laughs>
0: I know, listen, I've never been to one of those, but it's the most cliche concept of sitting around a fireplace and uh, or a fire in nature with your colleagues connecting on a deeper level, <laughs> which I think is so bad. It's so cliche. It's so done. You know, those things are puke. You know, I don't like them at all. So
1: for me, when I think team building, I think annual or biannual event that has perhaps some sort of a workshop element to it, but then mostly is about Doing some sort of activity and drinking, right? Like that's.
0: I was going to say drinking. Yes, you're right. You're right. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. It always ends off with that, but you know we want to make it. Uh, it needs to be some a little bit of work orientated. So let's add some workshops, but then let's go and do go karting or like trekking through the nature or whatever the case may be. Um and. Yeah. I'm bored already. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's just, by the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so the, the thing for me is that business has evolved and the demands on teams have evolved but team building is still the same Mm. and so i want us to talk about a a more modern approach to team building um and the first thing is to just say that there are three challenges i think big challenges with the traditional model the one we just spoke about the first is that it it completely lacks context like if you go away for a weekend with your team and you guys are doing trust falls and you're doing go-karting and all of this is or or building uh, towers with spaghetti or whatever the case may be, you know, like, cool, you are showing that there's collaboration and trust and all these things. But as soon as people work, walk back into the work context and there's pressure and politics and performance appraisals, all that goes out the window. Like how much of that actually transfers into the work that we do? Almost nothing. So that's challenge number one. Absolutely. Challenge number two is that there's no follow through. Like change is is pretty hard in organizations. And to think that we're going to go away and do a team building effort once or twice a year and that that's going to have demonstrable impact in the business is crazy. Like there's just, there needs to be consistency if we're going to change. And then the third thing is that I don't think that we often prioritize our teams and organizations, meaning that we don't even affirm that they're a team. We we put people together and we say to them, you need to work towards accomplishing this thing together. But like, it's just a group of people. It's not a team. And teams haven't actually made the commitment to each other that we are a team and that I'm going to show up for the team and as a team. So then you go away for a weekend, you take the group of people, you say, we're doing team building. And then as soon as they come back to the office, they're just a group of people again. So th- those are the three three big challenges for me that I see with traditional team building. So if we're going to evolve with the complexity that the world is offering to us, then we need a different approach. And what I've done here e- in this article that I wrote is I just outlined four principles, so sort of high level things like nothing that I'm going to go into too much depth or, or practicality with even, just for people to think about.
0: So... Well, before, yes. before, we, before we run into that, and, and I think it's fantastic what you're saying, but I also want to just dive into that sort of thing that most strategies fall short because of the inability for the team to get traction from them. You know, teams are great. These sort of, you know, these sort of tick box workshops, these tick box team building exercises that you and I see all the time that result in nothing are all talk, no traction. They talk about abstract ideas, no action. They almost get stuck in the lab and they have an autoimmune reaction that kicks out any new strategy that arrives anytime. And so it's this sort of thing that what are the the blockages and and the sort of lack of ability to get traction for your ideas that you need to be looking at so that your team design is based on getting past these sort of things, you know. For me, that becomes the the thing is that all of this talk and talk and talk, you get out in the real world and everybody's just got 85,000 emails to get through and their bonus structures to get hold of and and then it's all flat. So for me, I keep seeing that. So I just wanted to jump in.
1: Mm, And I like that. And I think it's a very good point. The first thing that I think if we're going to high level talk about uh, a different approach to team building is that we have to start with the actual team. And it sounds kind of weird, but when I when I initially started thinking about team stuff, you know, what you run across all the time is that there's a difference between a group and a team. And a group is just a bunch of people who are who are working together, whereas a team has specific characteristics in terms of the alignment, in terms of the mission, um, the way that they collaborate, et cetera. And so I think the very first thing that needs to happen before we even talk about team building is that a team needs to affirm that it's a team. And I call it a team pledge. And it's it's literally just saying, listen, we are making a commitment towards each other that as a team, as a group of people, we are working towards this mission, and but I'm also gonna be there to support you. And we're gonna go through hard times because we're people and that's okay. But ultimately we are there for each other. We have each other's backs. Um, I don't know if you've, you've probably heard it in organizations all the time, that people say, I feel like people don't have my back in the organization. And I think that's quite a, like, quite a sad thing to hear. Have you heard that before in, in some of your work?
0: I, I have heard that before, but I think what happens there is the easy way for we and what I've done with my teams, I give my teams a 12-month commitment. And so for me, it's that pledges for their time period. So, if it's per project or per time period, then we can revisit them. And I was reading this article around marriage and some successful marriages make pledges to each other 12 months at a time because things change in those 12 months. You know, you might have a new kid, you might be in a new place, and the things that you need to do as part of that team, the responsibilities you have, change. And maybe your partner wants something else out of you, and a pledge is, I want you to cook meals twice a week, you know, I'm going to relationships, not teams, but it's the same, same concept yeah, yeah. is that it's the same thing, you know, from you, I think that your responsibility requires these three points. Do you agree? Yes, I agree. Okay. That means that, you know, three times a week, you can't go out with the boys. You've got to be at home cooking because that's the pledge you made for the 12 months ahead of you. So I think pledges must be project-based or time-based so that they have uh, responsibility factors attached to a time frame. Which makes them much more palatable because if it's a forever thing, a forever thing, none yeah, of us been take yeah.
1: seriously. Uh, so I would say project people and time. Because project people and yeah. time, good. Because I yes, the the very important thing for me is that I need people to commit, torch each other, like that is really important to me. Yes, that we are in this yes, together. Yes. So, so that's point number one. Number two is continuous team development, so that we need we need to stop seeing team building as a once-off or bi-annual exercise. When you look at individual development, you know, self-development, and we just had an entire podcast on that, we bring so much intention to that, so much focus to developing the individual, but we don't bring the same intention to developing a team. And it's kind of weird, right? Because a team is a living, breathing organism that needs to be nurtured for it to evolve over time. But we think that, no, like once a year is probably going to be enough. So... Apart from the fact that change requires ongoing and consistent nurturing, we also have to realize that the context people are in, and I mean, you can speak to this all day long, is shifting so rapidly. The complexity is increasing. People are leaving. New people are joining. Hierarchies are getting flattened. There's just so many things happening, and teams need to be supported throughout all of that. So I think team building needs to have a a lot more of a continuous flow to it.
0: Well, you know, I remember um, I used to be married and I had an agency called Future Collective many, many years ago. And both of those relationships, we brought communication uh, communication specialists in just to help us communicate more clearly. And it was so incredible because we were just losing... Uh, meaning behind what we were saying and what we were asking for just by a misunderstanding of communication. So team building on a continuous basis, I would say would be a great way to do that is by building a communication platform, bringing a specialist in once a month, just to bring clarity of communications, just to make sure that you're all still on the same page.
1: Cool. Number three is that we shouldn't leave team building for when things go wrong. So I don't know if you know this, but when coaching was initially introduced into the uh, the corporate world it was really as almost a, a measure of punishment so it was like okay you are underperforming you need a coach and like this is your wake-up call and you know if you don't ship up or sh- we shape we if you don't ship up you ship out you yes out. so now if you shape up, we'll shape ship up you out. Ship out. there we go ship ship yes, up and shape right, up yeah. um <laughs> so I think team building can very easily fall into the same trap that we wait for the team to start imploding and then we go, okay, we need a, a team intervention. We need a team building thing. Let's go away for the weekend. Let's go mull it out. Worst time to, to start doing it. It needs to be, as I was saying earlier, ongoing. And it's much easier to say, well, let's take a good team from a great to a great team. And let's take a great team to an exceptional team than to say, well, you know, we'll just wait for things to start falling apart and then we'll then we'll pay attention to team building. Um, the sentence I used that I actually liked was "build on the good rather than from the ashes."
0: Very good. I think prevention is better than cure. Uh, you don't wait until you are sick and unhealthy till you go to gym. Um, you know, all these things are, are, are part and parcel of process of how you do one thing is how you do everything. And in the team, it's the same sort of scenario. It's really bringing the structures in place to understand what it means to have a heated debate in within those structures. And those are the things that you're developing here by creating these um, um, habits of having people coming to work within the teams before there's a problem. Great. Love it so far. Good. What's your last one?
1: It's always so weird for me that we, that we wait for the heart attack. And I mean, I saw this when I was, uh, when I was doing physio, like years and years ago, like you were, we get these guys coming into ICU, they've just had the heart attack and all of a sudden their lives just transform like in the blink of an eye, right? Like they start exercising, they eat well. And I always ask myself, why wait for the heart attack? Why do we do that? Why don't we prevent? Why don't we like take the offense instead of waiting for things to happen and then having to play the defense? So as much as we can, I think that's just literally shifting your mindset.
0: Do you think that's changed, Eric? I mean, maybe it's just my circle of influence and friends that I have around me. But for me, a lack of responsibility for who you are in this world gets you to a point where you have a heart attack. And then you have to have that brick of walls, a wall of bricks to fall on top of you before you change anything. So for me, it's like, I think it's changed. And I think with this sort of advent of access to information, I think a huge number of people are moving into the preventative space as far as health is concerned. And I think the emotional health is the thing that people need to be focusing on these days because everybody's into the fitness of it, but not really into the emotional fitness. And this is what you're talking about is the emotional fitness of a team. So I think this is the next layering of what people need to be focusing on uh, moving
1: forward. You know, I, I think it's maybe slowly changing. Like I, Obviously, like in your circle, you'll see people that are taking full responsibility for their health, their emotional well being, because that's who you want to hang out with. But as soon as you move beyond that, I, I think you'll still see. Sure. Okay. Yeah.
0: Fair enough. I guess it is my I mean, circle. It's like my smoke, it.
1: You know? Yeah. Yeah. Listen, yeah.
0: Dubai is, uh, Dubai, the smoking laws have not arrived in Dubai. Let me tell you. Everybody's smoking. It's like, a, yeah. it's everywhere. Smoking. I'm like, jeez, yeah. unbelievable, you know? So yeah, 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 yeah. It is. It is so great.
1: I mean, we still do things that we know will kill us. We still do things that we know are wrong. Yeah. But you know, it's a it's a cost we have to pay some time in the future. So yeah. it doesn't really matter today. Yeah. Okay. So number four is title: A time for fun and a time for deep work. And sorry, sorry, well, say I wanted that again. to bring this say in. That again, a time for fun and a time for deep work. Okay. What did you hear? I didn't hear anything.
0: Well, I heard. So yeah,
1: that's fine. Okay. Oh, man. So the traditional team building has a place in team building. But what we need to know is that it's not team building. It's just part of the process. And the reason why it's important to still do that, to still go out and have fun and drink and do go-karting and sing a bit of kumbaya, like the reason why there's a place for that is because it builds bonds, it builds relationships. And there's studies that have shown that if you have a close friendship at work, it actually boosts employee satisfaction by 50%. So, so actually, like I would say to people, do it more often. Like go out and have fun with your teammates more often. Do a, like a, a traditional team building thing once a quarter, but see it as team fun and not as just as team building. See it as part of the process and not as the process. And then what it means is we separate because we know that there's a time for fun, but there's also a time to, in the boardroom, in our meetings, actually have difficult conversations, actually engage in conflict, actually talk about the things that are not being talked about. Um, And so to separate those two and make a time for deep work and make a time for for fun.
0: Um, You know, it's so funny, all of these things you're saying, it sounds like a relationship coach. You know, it's because the same well. thing. It's like date night, right? <laughs> so you have date night, so you're having the fun. And then you have the communication specialist helping you understand your boyfriend or girlfriend mm. or wife or husband better, you know. And mm. and it's amazing because I think the, the constructs of what you're explaining are exactly in the similar framework as it would be to create a healthy relationship at home or, and with friendships and at work. And it's almost as if you're describing the basic human psychological needs for bonding. And, uh, I think it's wonderful that you've like, and and as I'm listening to you, I'm like, Oh yeah, I remember being in a relationship and focusing on those sort of specifics to, to make sure that you got the best out of yourself and your partner so that you had that sort of cohesiveness, that connection, that fun and serious, that deep and light. And those sort of things are really important. I love, I love it again. I think it's a great framework, Erica, and, and your clarity of thought on it and your ability to put it into the sort of, um, process to follow is one of your gifts and uh, thank you so much. I've, I've, uh, I've learned a lot from it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Anything else you want to add on that um, around it?
1: No. So this is definitely not an exhaustive list. Um, I needed to get it out of my head as we mm. so often do when yes. we have uh, things that are bubbling up for us. Yes. So there's still more, but it, this was just, I needed to get it out into paper. So I wrote this yesterday. And it was just timely for it to also go into the podcast. Yeah. So I hope that people have found value in it. And I think your observation is spot on in that I mean a team is just a bunch of relationships. That's exactly what yeah. it is. Yeah. And it actually it's it's testimony to how we think these things come quite natural to us, but often it doesn't, you know. And and playing in a team is something that to some extent some people experience as they grow up because they're part of sports teams, et cetera, et cetera. But, but to a large extent, we're not really taught how to collaborate well. Um, and it really is a skill and it really is something that we can develop. And the more we can start seeing it in the context of relationships and in the context of we're creating depth and we're creating trust, the quicker we'll get to where we want to go. But we need to make time for that.
0: Yeah, I love it. Uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, I, I think the, the sort of uh, not taking things personally, which is a big part of my reality. I'm a Cancerian and we are all heart. And what that means is that we do everything with our heart, but we also feel like everybody's attacking us, which is the most horrific, ridiculous notion, which is one of my life's challenges. And I think that sort of long-termism or elegance towards building that team and not having to win everything. And I think we should do a a podcast called uh, Going for Peace, Not Victory. And that is the very essence of us creating a team that's a long-term focused team rather than short-term wins, you know. But thank you, Eric. That was a great uh, episode. um, And I look forward to making the next one. And uh, thank you to all our listeners again for leaving us reviews. And always being so enthused about it. We absolutely love all your feedback. Please keep it coming. And until next time, Eric, keep being handsome. Ciao,
1: brother.